Welcome back to the Festivus series, where we cover all of your favorite Christmas movies, including Jingle All the Way, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4, Lethal Weapon, and more. Tune in all holiday season to listen to your favorite movies, covered on Blood and Black Rum Podcast. Hey guys, welcome back to Blood and Black Rum Podcast. I'm Ryan from Coldsploitation.com. And I'm joined with my happy little elf, Martin, over here. I resent that. <laughs> nah, you're not an elf. You're I not... No, I resent the happy part. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I get you. I get you. You're, you're always miserable. That's <laughs> that's your shtick on the show. There's got to be somebody. That's right. Nobody. I'm always happy-go-lucky. You're sort of more like the, oh, I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always like, I find the good in everything. There's just something good about this movie. Even when we did... Uh, I don't know, what was one of the like worst movies that we've done? Dutch. No! <laughs> get out of here. I watch that one every year. One of the worst movies we've done. Not one of the best movies we've done. One of the worst movies we've done. What was one? I don't know. Well, negativity sells. Nobody wants to... Now, I'm, I'm actually struggling to figure out what the worst movie was that we did. On our show? Yeah. It might be Mako still. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it could be. But that, that was, was so bad. bad that, well, I was gonna say, but that was so bad. We didn't really have much to say about it because, like, what can you say about a film that was shot on a <laughs> VHS tape? No, not not even. <laughs> no, not, not even like eighteen eighties. Like you know, yeah. Look at this new thing we got here. That was a tough one. But yeah. you can always pretty much find some positive and everything. And the positive is right now that even though we're recording, actually, when this when this episode comes out, it'll still be November, the end of November. Uh, we're we're starting our Christmas season early. It's after Thanksgiving, so it's not... Yeah, I mean, for you, that's a technicality that makes it okay, right? It has to be after I'm Thanksgiving. I'm fine with people starting to get into the Christmas spirit once the, once you're done eating Thanksgiving dinner. You pop on the Christmas music. You go right ahead and start, you know, putting your tree up and getting ready. No. Like your sister, like, in like middle of October, like, I'm going to put on some groping! No. Yeah. Fuck her. A little too much. Yeah, no. Fuck her. Well, we're starting, I guess, earlier than we normally do. And that's because when you think about, uh, generally, like, you don't get a month of Christmas in December. You get 25 days. And so we have to start a little bit early to cram all four of the episodes that we want to do in. And so we're starting in November. And uh, I think even still we're going to come close. Like, it's going to be close to getting all these episodes in. But It'll probably be one after could Christmas, be. but who cares? It's tough, yeah. Um, and we might save that one for the, the only marginally Christmas movie. You know what I mean? The one that we're, the one that we're doing Lethal Weapon. That's only marginally Christmassy. So we uh, might save that till after. Uh, I was thinking this movie. <laughs> what? This isn't a Christmas movie. It's a toy commercial. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're for, uh, for a non-existent toy. We're obviously talking about Jingle All the Way. The basically 90 minute Christmas film about uh, a guy who completely forgets about he, that he has a kid, for one thing. Well, <laughs> so, 
as as last week when we uh, not last week, but two weeks ago when we did Dutch, and I called it a very poor man's planes, trains, and automobiles in Home Alone. Jingle All the Way is a very poor man's every fucking mid nineties. Uh, sitcom about a father trying to win his family back, like Liar Liar. Mm. And the big one that this one apes from, the Santa Claus. For sure. Um, Two years after the fact. Santa yeah. Claus in 1994, Jingle yeah. All the Way in 1996. So, you know, it, this also has a little Back to the Future in it too, with its musical whimsy and font. Yeah. That Paul, as I told you, I'm like, and Verhoeven's gonna rip that off in a year for Starship Troopers. Yeah. Um, but, but you're right. This is a <laughs> Jingle All the Way is a movie that you know it's set during Christmas time. But it is just like all those other '90s films of like dad's working. Uh, he's he's always working. He's which is such an important job. Which again, I take great. I take. A, I'm going to be a meninist here. I take offense to that. <laughs> really, you're pissed off that he's working too much. That he's making that money so that you can afford Christmas gifts. Like, come on. Out of all, like you can be mad that he's neglectful, but like. Again, like, with, I mean, with Liar Liar, it makes sense. He's a piece of shit. You know, Jim Carrey's a piece of shit. You know, True. He's not there for his son, but he's a piece of shit. He's cheating on his wife. Yeah. You know, he lies all the time. Okay. Same thing with the Santa Claus. Tim Allen, he's divorced from his wife. Why? Because she knew he's a piece of shit. Miserable piece of shit. Here, Howard, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Again, another great name for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, He doesn't even really, ha- he just works hard. That's it. That's it. That's his claim to fame. A, tro- a trope that's usually assigned to those characters, you know, being neglectful fathers. Okay, fine. But again, it makes sense because in Santa Claus, Tim Allen doesn't really want to spend time with his kid. Yeah. Really, he doesn't really fucking care. That's true. He's got his work, his job, and he wants to stay away from his ex-wife because he thinks she's a total bitch. Yeah. And he hates Judge Reinhold. And actually, in the in the Santa Claus as well, he's not. He's like at a office Christmas party too. It's not even something like he's working at that point. Yeah. He's like literally just at a extracurricular activity at work. And then in Liar Liar again, like I said, Jim Carrey's a piece of shit. He cheats on his wife. He, you know, he sleeps with his yeah uh, his boss. Lies to his family all the time. Blah blah blah. But he also is a dedicated, hardworking lawyer. Cheats to get there, but you know. But he is that. Here, Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah, they do have the Christmas party scene, like everyone's partying, but he, Arnold Schwarzenegger's upstairs in his office working. He's getting that work Making done. sales, you yeah, know. that's right. So his one fault is he's neglectful because he's actually just fucking working. Yeah. He, which, that, that to me is the problem. I don't, you know, again, I was joking about the whole men in this thing, but again, it's like, it could be a little bit more understood, like, you know, when it comes to this, like, it doesn't make as much sense with, like, the Santa Claus and... Liar, liar, because, you know, they're not good people to begin with. Here, Arnold Schwarzenegger's one character flaw is he's just at work too much. Because they don't they don't dive into, like, what other things is he doing? Is he cheating on his wife, too? Is he, you know, hate his family? <laughs> That's true. You got to appreciate the 90s sentiment that, you know, trying to get fathers back home, hang out with their sons and daughters, uh, just really trying to make those, those men... A little bit be- better, well-rounded people. Now, I don't know. Have we progressed from that from the '90s of of trying to make you know dads understand the error of their ways and come back home, or have we just not? We don't care anymore. We moved on from that. Well, all I know is my parents, my mom worked two fucking jobs, and my you know my dad worked all the time too. So I feel like it was mainly my older <laughs> sister watching us, and you know I feel like we've moved on from these types of movies too because uh, the dads in these are not like super relatable 
in Santa Claus, he makes, I mean, obviously he's got a really good job. In Jingle All the Way, really great job. Yeah, now we have sort of like working class people. Like if you think about the TV show The Middle of people who are really working class and just struggling to get by. We don't generally have these movies now where like people are like re- super well off. And the it's hard for the average movie going person to um, <laughs> relate to like so many like, yeah, I just make so much money, but I got to work all the time. Like that's that's not as relatable as, you know... A, but, but Arnold job. Schwarzenegger drives a GNC SUV, okay? GMC. He's not driving. He's driving a Jimmy. He's not driving a Range Rover. He's sure. driving a Jimmy, even though he's got his nice OJ brown leather he's gloves on. He's got those on. gloves on. He's got a nice, Pico nice silky and, scarf on. And, you know, nice, yep. you, know, you know, nice. That's why I laughed when Sinbad had the audacity to call him a working man. Well, you know <laughs> what? This is a... This I mean, is, he is a working man. But not we don't sense. know his background in Jingle All the Way. But this is, again, an Austrian man who has made his way to the American dream. And we don't, we can't judge him for that. And Jingle All the Way, we don't know the context of how he grew up and became this person who sells, what does he sell? Like clothes? Is it clothing lines? Something like that? Movie doesn't really spend that much time on it. Just shows him taking phone calls and making tons of sales, you know. And because he's telling them all, you're my number one customer. He even says it to his Yeah, wife. I think he's they're like a like a, a clothing brand or maybe he's a dry cleaner, <laughs> like a, a runs a dry cleaning business. I don't know. But he does something with clothes, I think. And yeah, I just feel like, you know, in, in Jingle All the Way, again, watching now, Howard and his family are a little hard difficult to relate to. They they live in this fucking wonderland <laughs> cul-de-sac of uh single moms and Dads. And uh, Phil Hartman, who in in my world still lives in that cul-de-sac and jingle all the way and is not unfortunately you know, deceased. You but... know, if he didn't die, because that, as you said, that cul-de-sac looks very awfully familiar to the one with Christmas with the Cranks. It does. Um, it's very familiar. He might, you know, instead of Dan Aykroyd playing that role, that could, oh. Yeah. Just imagine that being Phil Hartman. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I mean, the only one downside would be is like the best part of uh, Christmas with the Cranks is when uh, Dan Aykroyd's going full blow Canadian, going free, frosty, free. You yeah. know, is well, that... Phil Hartman can do that in his own way, like in Jingle All the Way, where he has that. No, but I mean, he great... has a he has a very, Phil one of Phil Hartman's great qualities is his very distinct voice and like how like yeah, just like hello there, you know, very suave. It you know comes off as, but like like I said, one of the best parts of Jingle all the way. I mean, not jingle all the way. Christmas with the Cranks is when Dan, Mister Canadian, you know, Canada himself, whose accent has you know been pretty buried over the years, but like in that one scene, like free, free his accent's bleeding in. It. It's, it's true. Just that just makes it you know really hilarious, at least to me. But. <laughs> all right, let's take a quick break. We'll talk about our uh, our beer that we have on the show today. I believe we've had it on the show before, uh, but that's okay. We're gonna cover it again because it's a nice holiday. Uh, beer for the for the episode festive season um and we're talking about we have the saranac big moose winter ale on today's show and i don't know if we covered it like in depth before because i know it was in a pack and we might have covered some of the other newer beers in the pack besides the big moose winter ale can't really remember uh but this is a beer that i think has always stuck out to me as being like kind of questionable as a what they call a winter ale they never used to yeah it used to just be called Big because I remember the, the I do I, like I said I do remember talking about because I remember saying when I first had it, I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was something you know I still do really like this beer. I I think actually it's something they could do all year round like a more. 
Because it does have the in-between quality of a pale ale and an IPA, kind of a little mm. bit hovering towards like an ESB, even though as much as we both like ESBs, ESBs in their own right are kind of a weird topic, because technically pale ales and IPAs are ESBs, it all, you know, it all depends on who you're talking to on what they are. But anywho, in, in the sense that we kind of define the ESB as, like, this kind of fits the mold, because it's hoppier than a pale ale, but got more multi-quality to it than an IPA. Mm-hmm. So it's a big, hoppy, well-bodied beer. Mm-hmm. I really like it. I would not consider it a winter beer, though. I'd consider it an all like an all-season beer. Right. It's crisp and refreshing enough to drink like on a summer or spring day, but also heavy enough to be enjoyed on a winter and fall day. That's why I think you know it's all seasonal. <laughs> I really like it, um, and, that, and that's why I picked it up because I almost because I almost got something different uh, new for us to try because. Um, and I think I mentioned it before on the show. Around here, we haven't really had Great Lakes Brewing before, but the past couple of months, we've been getting a lot of their stuff, which they're based out in Cleveland. And I thought about getting their winter ale, their Christmas ale, to fit the seasonal mood, but as soon as I saw honey flavors on the bot, on the six-pack, I kind of shied away from it. Cause, I mean, it, yeah. it very well could be good, but right now, I, I wanted to go something kind of safe. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, I think that the uh, Big Moose Winter Ale is pretty good. It's um, it's sort of like in that same style as the uh, Sierra Nevada's um, IPA that they put out for uh, the holiday season. The Holiday Haze? No, no, not that one. Uh, they normally put out the Celebration Ale as well, and that's another IPA. And it's like, you know, I, I don't tend to think of these beers as like winter-style ales. But at the same time, I do appreciate that, you know, you can also have a pale ale or an IPA I can almost see, though, season. for the West Coast, so the Celebration Ale would be more something like, because, you know, they don't get fucking... Right, exactly. Yeah, I can. I, I do understand that, you know, thinking in terms of, like, winter in different areas, it makes more sense. Um, for Big Moose Winter Ale, I think it's really good. I think it does have that sort of, like, hoppiness to it that puts it closer to IPA territory. This is triple hopped with the Amarillo hops. Um, it's on the hoppier end. Uh, one thing that I do wish that it would do is maybe become a, maybe be a little bit drier so that it's more adhering to the English, uh, you know, the ESB style, because this does have English hops in it. And I do think that this is intended to be sort of like a paleo slash ESB hybrid. It's got, it, to me, I do like the nice, like the, the maltiness to it is, very sweet, like almost like kind of like a sugary sweet. And I actually kind of, yep. I actually do like how that kind of pairs. And I, and I'm someone who really doesn't like super sweet things because I, to me, just like if I see like a Twinkie, I'm like, oh, di- smells like diabetes. Mountain Dew, like, oh, smells like diabetes. Here, I actually kind of like how that pairs with the hoppiness. You know, yeah. kind of like a nice, uh, nice mix. Like I said, I really like it, but it's not something I'd consider wintry. Beside the fact that they got a nice bull moose with a. Christmas hat on there. Santa hat. Yeah. You know, been looking for one Red Dead 2 to fucking <laughs> outfit my camp, but I can't find one, and it's yeah. starting to piss me off. Yeah. If you, if you haven't played yet, what are you waiting for? Get the game of the century. That's true. Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> I'm not a. am not paid by Rockstar. I'm just a big fan. Yeah, so for Saranax Big Moose, check it out if you have it around in your area. Um, it's available in six packs. They put them out. Uh... And in the variety pack. Yeah, and, and in the, the winter pack, for, in the variety pack. And as a regular six-pack, they, they put them both out. So check it out. Um, they should be out in your area at some point, hopefully, um, depending on where you live, because sometimes they don't get out that far. So 
Uh, sometimes they, I don't know how far they export. Do you? No, but I mean, some of the stuff's kind of scattershot. I know, like Genesee, like they do like Louisiana, mm. but they don't do like in like Florida, but they don't do like Alabama or mm. some shit. I just, I, I mean, it all depends. Interesting. I think, I think it all like I think like with because with the you know each law state has like different laws right. up for yeah, where you can, all, yeah, where how you can get alcohol. So it yeah. all, I mean, it all depends. Like so, interesting. All right, good to know. Before we get into the movie, I do want to bring up uh, the death of Steve Hillenburg, which uh, Ryan unfortunately texted to me yesterday. I didn't believe him. In fact, I didn't even know he had ALS. I didn't know that was news. I knew for quite a few years he hasn't been a uh, working on SpongeBob as a main proponent. He's just kind of been like an executive producer, but mm-hmm. um, that really bummed me out. Yeah. I love Spongebob. Yeah. And I, I you know, one of the jokes, and Ryan can, will tell you, is um, one of the things um, I, like, say to other people is, uh, like, oh, you're not old enough to remember good Spongebob. Because it did, after, like, his direction kind of, he started getting less involved in the show. Yeah. It did take a drop. And to be honest with you, that's to be expected. Not a lot of shows, after a couple of seasons have a certain quality about it. I mean, obviously the main ones, like The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like so. After Matt Groening's involvement got, you know, less and less. But same thing with, like, kind of SpongeBob. But I always jo- joked around about, like, oh, you know, you're not even old enough to remember good SpongeBob the first, like, hundred episodes. But not even that, though. I'm a huge Rocco's Modern Life fan. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize he's one of the head He was one of the head writers for Rocco's Modern Life. And, um... One of the writers and voice actors for SpongeBob that also came over from there was Mr. Lawrence. He was also really involved in Rocco's Modern Life, and it just really bummed me out because mm-hmm. I really liked his work. Yeah, yeah, only fifty-seven years old. Um, you know, us. our friend, you know, Matt. Um, me and him, half our friendship is just based on like quoting SpongeBob incessantly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, in in appropriate and inappropriate situations. So I mean. Yep. That's just really sad to hear, and yeah, for sure. You know. Yeah, it's unfortunate that he didn't get more time to work on, you know, a different project or something that he could bring his his uh like basically very um specific style of humor, the one that you recognize, you know, as being somewhat his own uh, from SpongeBob. A lot of people like to say, like, for Steve Hillenburg's run on SpongeBob, that it was both like. Um, sort of like SpongeBob was touching in its own way because SpongeBob is such a naive character sometimes, bringing like sort of light to otherwise you know miserable people like Squidward. But then also you know it was very funny for not only children but adults as well because there was always those little hidden uh, jokes and and things like that that kids wouldn't really catch. They fly right over. It's the same thing with uh, Rocco. Rocco's you know when. Uh, very naive. You know, I would say the difference between the two shows is um, Rocco's more surrealist, has that, ni- you know, 90s cartoon style of being really mm. surreal with its humor and surreal art style. But Rocco has that same naivete, you know, that's, right. you know yeah. that SpongeBob has. And a lot of the characters, excuse me, and voice actors, again, like <laughs> a lot of the same people that worked on, excuse me again, Rocco also worked on, you know, SpongeBob, you know. Right. Um, Tom Kenny voiced Heifer. He voices, you know, SpongeBob. 
Uh, Mr. Lawrence voiced uh, Philbert. He was also the voice of Plankton on SpongeBob. You know, so. Mm. <clears throat> yeah, very sad news. Yeah, I would have liked to seen him because I know for a couple of years, uh, Joe Murray's been planning a reboot. I don't know if it's going to be a one-off or not, hmm. but he made that trailer a couple of years ago of Rocco the reboot. That was Ro- oh yeah, right, yeah. hilarious, yep. and it would have been nice to see you know kind of see if like Steven Hillenburg had any like you know yeah work on that you know worked a little bit on that. So yeah, yeah, for sure. Sad to hear. Yep, very much so. All right, let's get into Jingle All the Way. So, Jingle All the Way, for me, has um, been a movie that I've watched, you know, fairly consistently throughout the years. I try to watch it every year. Uh, You know, looking back on it, it's not one of the better holiday movies out there for for Christmas movies. Um, But watching it today was actually quite a bit of fun because it's pretty easy to poke fun at Jingle All the Way and things that happen in it. Um, And especially now, currently looking back on a film that was, you know, done in 1996 with a lot of very dated references within it. Uh, <coughs> Sinbad references Rodney King in this one, which is, uh, if you're watching this on television, like, you know, when they do a syndicated broadcast of it, most of those children watching Jingle All the Way nowadays are probably not going to understand I'm, well, I'm sure, Rodney I, King. Well, I'm sure even in 1996, a lot of kids would not uh, true, true. understand. Hell, you know, we're we're for old enough to the point where we, well, technically we live through Rodney King, but we're not old enough to remember and right, know yeah. a damn thing about it because that was 92 when that happened. Yeah, yeah. So we would have be been like three years th- old. Yeah, we would have been three yeah. years old. But, you know... Being older, get the reference, you know, but again, it's sure. like, yeah. it's, that's something, kind of something that was like a big thing in the early nineties that's kind of faded away. It's almost like now, like, I think like if, when like the people versus OJ Simpson came out, yep. I think like, you know, for like people who lived through the OJ trial were, you know, like, oh wow, wow I remember that. But like a lot of people who are probably younger, like, what, what, what's the big deal about that? Yeah. You know? Yeah. What, you know, what's the. Because it's, I mean, as big as it was at the time, like, right. you know. Kind of faded out and OJ took precedence. Yeah. As, like, the big, big thing uh, of the time, of yeah. the 90s. Like, do do people remember, like, I mean, unless they're, like, a little bit, like, our age or older, do they remember Tim Meadows doing the constant OJ bit on, right. you know, on SNL of being like, oh, I'm going to, f- you know, I'm going to find the murderer of my <laughs> wife, you know. OJ, why are you holding that glove there? What that's not and the same thing with Norm Macdonald for his weekly update every you know yeah. every joke's literally about OJ. I don't think people again. I, I think like like people you know a lot of younger people are gonna f- totally not get it because it's something that as big as it was at the time, completely gone. You know. I think um, like Jingle All the Way more so than a lot of the other holiday movies, maybe excluding Home Alone a little bit, is the one that really um, has mo- a lot of dated references though. You think about the Santa Claus. Santa Claus is really not dependent on like the time period. Besides a couple things like the haircuts and, <laughs> and the, uh, the dressing, you can tell by Judge Reinhold and yes, yeah, yeah, and his uh, what and his wife's outfits. So, yeah, like, oh, yes, that's night. Nice. That one is really not so dependent on like knowing pop current, culture, pop. current events. Jingle all the way is fairly dependent on it. So not like it's probably hard now when people are watching this film didn't really live through the 90s and and maybe even the early 2000s to think about like the mad rush for certain toys at that time. 
Now it's like, I'm going to go on Amazon and order it. And it's probably not going to be sold out because people make a lot of these toys now. Well, so there's like a, wide dispersal well, of toys. Well, it's like the same thing. Like, remember like back like when like the 64 and the PlayStation, the PlayStation 2, like, gotta get it. Might be sold out. Like, exactly. you, might, you won't be yeah. able to get it for like six months. Manufacturers are shitting out. Like, yeah, there's, there's they, they know, like, you know, if you think when the next PlayStation comes out, Sony you know, of Japan and America aren't going to have their shit, you know, figured out right. to make sure there's enough on the shelf. The only thing is, Nintendo really hasn't learned their lesson yet. Well, because Nintendo's, they're, again, see that, Nintendo's the, the still the firm Japanese company, yeah, where the, they're the like, outlier. well, because they're still like, we don't really need other worlds, we like Jap- Japanese, but, yeah. you know, it's kind of like how anime, like, you know, like, Gundam and stuff, when it, like, came to release it, like... Well, you can remember from watch, you know, the Gundams that came on Toonami. After uh, they did Gundam Wing, Toonami wanted, like, After War and G Gundam. Newer stuff, like, because pe- fans are going to relate to it. You know, what you, uh, uh, Bandai of Japan said, we're going to give you the original Gundam. That's, like, 25 years old. Yeah. A lot of people are going to like that. People in Japan like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then when they put it on Toonami, I was, like, the one kid who actually watched it. And they're like, why is nobody watching this? Yep. So they're you know they're still stuck in their way. But I think I, like <laughs> with with like Jingle All the Way, you have the whole mad rush to get this one key toy, the one thing and every that year, everybody wants. And every year in the nineties, you can like like Tickle Me Elmo one yep. year, Furbies, yep. you know Tamagotchis. There was always a thing back in the in the early in the nineties, the in the early two thousands, where you would have this one item that was just a hot ticket. And now I think that it's, there's been so much dispersal of, like, people's interests and there's a better logistics out there and analytics to say, like, well, this is probably going to be a hot ticket item. So we'll make, you know, instead of making 3000 that'll go quickly and, you know, then, it you know, we don't make any money off this, yeah. we'll make a whole shit ton of them because, you know, we'll make so much money off of this that it makes sense to make as many as possible. Uh, yeah, it's, it's basic, you know. It's ba- literally basic supply and demand. Yeah. You know, if, like, you think that you estimate where the demand's going to be, you pump the supply out. Exactly, and, you know. exactly. And this one, you know, in Jingle All The Way, you definitely have to have experienced maybe a little bit the rush of, like, thinking, like, oh, shit, you know what? I might not be able to get that thing for Christmas. And I feel like it might be harder for, like, newer audiences to relate to this this story. I mean, obviously you can. You can get it. Like, you get the idea that he fucked up for Christmas and it's Christmas Eve and he can't find this, this doll. But to really understand the context, you sort of had to have lived through that time where it was like you actually experienced something where it was re- super <laughs> difficult to get a toy or, or something like that. Your wife's got the divorce papers ready. If, you know, if yeah. your son's having a shitty Christmas because, you know. Yeah. He didn't get his goddamn knockoff Power Rangers doll. The funny thing about this is you and you you talked a little bit about Arnold Schwarzenegger not really being like the worst dad in in the case of like '90s dads where everybody <laughs> was sort of a shitty dad in in the '90s, uh, and they have to find the error of their ways and fix it. Uh, in the, in Jingle All the Way, you know, it probably Howard's worst mistake in this movie is that he doesn't even recognize the the name Turbo Man. Like, it's been said to him, his kid watches the show over and over but again. But again, like, that's something I could see, like, your dad, like, like being like, I don't think so, because his or, and same thing wife with, same even thing with my, the same, same thing with, like, my dad. I could see, like, like in parents. I could see, like, totally see, like, them being like, here you go, I got you this. And like, oh, that's not what I wanted. Oh, I thought that's what you wanted. 
Oh, well, you know, I don't know, because he's reminded, like, that his wife said it to him a week ago, and he doesn't even, like, the name doesn't even ring a bell. And I think that's probably his biggest mistake, is that he doesn't recognize that this is, like, the main thing that his kid has wanted and loved for, like, over, you know, I don't know, however long kids like things for. Maybe it's been six months, maybe it's been a year, who knows, but that he doesn't even recognize the name of it. That's that's the definition of an absent parent, I guess, (laughs) is that, like, you didn't even know, like, anything that your kid likes whatsoever. Well, no, I, again, I agree. He is neglectful because by being at work... You know, he doesn't know what his son's interested sure. in and shit. You know, and he so he and he misses like the events and stuff like that. You know, his uh, son wanted him to be at. So yeah, that's not good. But at the same time, I'm saying like, out of all like again using the Santa Claus and like liar liars examples, he Howard's by far the father of the year because he's sure. again he's neglectful because the fact he's just he's just at work all the time. He's a workaholic. Yeah. Oh no. You know. Again, we're right. Exactly. How is how is uh, the family paying yeah. for little Jamie's karate lessons? Well, it's how we're yeah, going to work. Yeah. That's that's what. So in theory, he was at Jamie's karate lessons because he paid for all of them. I guess. Right. Um. So yeah, I don't think he's a tear. I don't think he's a bad dad. But I think the weird thing about Jingle All the Way is that the whole theme, the whole message of Jingle All the Way, for the most part, even up until the end, is that. It's okay if you forgot your kid's Christmas present. It's okay if you're just not that present in your kid's life. As long as you can come through heroically in some way, it'll all be better. So, you know, really go the distance. Become that hero and do something super drastic, pretty dangerous to your kid, and everything will be okay. Jig All The Way doesn't have a great message at the end of its film. Like... Everything because he is, forgets his wife's present too. <clears throat> well, everything is <laughs> everything is forgiven with uh, what Howard has done, and he really hasn't made much in the way of like trying to change that. We don't see like him saying like, "Okay, you know what? I'm not going to work as much anymore. I'm going to take some time and really stay with my family." Nobody, but nobody it. does say like, "I got to pay more attention to them." But. Sort of, yeah. But, 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 but it would be same. interesting to see like January fifteenth after the Christmas <laughs> rush and like, nope, Howard's back at work. I know. He hasn't been <laughs> home for three days. Yeah, instead of seeing him like, not now, Janice. I gotta, you know. Yeah. I gotta run home to my family. Yeah. That sale can wait. Like, like Jingle All the Way ends. Before Christmas even occurs. So we don't see like any, I mean. This is the longest Christmas Eve ever. That's true. (laughs) We think that Howard's changed. And the theme is basically like, you know what? Howard committed some crimes. Uh, There was a fake bomb threat called in. He uh, routinely harassed a police officer. And assaulted people. assaulted a mailman. Opened up mail. Assaulted a radio host. Assaulted, uh. Federal greeters, I say greeters at a toy store, you know, uh, committed a federal crime by opening somebody else's mail. Um, (laughs) you know, he's done a whole bunch of shit, but you know what? Because he was, uh, played a character in a, in a parade, a Christmas parade, and he ended up saving the day by getting a turbo man and proving that he could do that. It's all good. And his wife saw him in spandex, and so she was she was just you know forgot everything else. Oh, Howard! Oh, yeah, yeah. She forgot everything else, and also she has to compare Howard now to Phil Hartman, the nice guy. So oh, he nice. looks a lot better in not, her eyes not, now. Not so nice though. Exactly. No, that's the <laughs> the term. The 
nice guy in quotation marks. You know, the guy who's doing everything basically just to get in people's pants. Yeah, the internet. The internet guy. Yeah. Like, I don't understand why, you know, girls don't like me. I'm nice. I'm I'm the nice guy. I made cookies. (laughs) Yep. But, uh, yeah, I don't. Apparently he's doing well, though. That's true. Apparently he is. Or is is he just giving them, is he just blue blue flapping all these women, you know? (laughs) Just... He's not interested in any of those people. He's he he's, wants he wants the married one. Yeah, that's right. He's going big game hunting. He, you know, <laughs> he's only interested <laughs> in Liz. Um, yeah, but I, like, see, see, rate Jennifer Aniston. It's true. 15. I, I don't know who Rita Wilson. I, she doesn't ring a bell to me. I don't know that I've seen her in much else. But but uh, like I said, the, the theme of Jingle All the Way is just really kind of awkward because you know, most Christmas movies there's like this. If you think about like Home Alone being one of the, you know, it's it's somewhat sappy, but it has a really it's, good. <laughs> you know, it, has, it does have a really good ending to the film in that, you know, be nice to the old man with the shovel. Well, yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> but uh, also, you know, just accept the people that are in your life, and you know, be good to them because that's really all you have. In Jingle All the Way, it's like you know what, everything's gonna be okay because consumerism. <laughs> it, you know what? It's Christmas. And the kid had to have the expensive great doll, so we got him the great doll, and it's, everything's good. You know what would have been better is if Howard completely failed, and you know what, Jamie was like, you know what, Dad, because you tried. He's such an ungrateful little shit, though. That is true. Jamie well, gr- is granted, the worst kid. And granted, as a seven-year, what seven-year-old is, or whatever, however the fuck old he is, what you know, seven-year-old isn't an ungrateful little shit. I agree, though. Jamie is a, is is awful in this film. Jake Lloyd will never be forgiven. I, I know you don't <laughs> forgive him. I know, you know. I mean, the Phantom Menace. I don't forgive him for this goatee mustache combo he's got going on on <laughs> IMDb. Like, but looks like he's trying out for a Creed cover band. <laughs> yeah, I don't forgive him for that. But you, on the other hand, don't forgive him for being Anakin. Well, in the first episode. In the first, yeah, in the first episode. It, uh, I mean, it. None of the prequels were ever going to be good. I mean, hell, even Liam Neeson's terrible in The Phantom Menace. But, you know. True. You just. It, it's just. Again, like, you but, you can see how terrible. Like, terrible is it? Really, Dad? Yeah. Oh, he's, what do I want? Oh, I want the terrible man with the, the full action figure and the not sold since. Stop! You know, no, stop. Yeah, Jake Lloyd's pretty bad in this film. He's really not good. You and, would, then, and that is why you did not get the sixth sense role. Did you try out for? It? I don't fucking know. But you know what? <laughs> you could. I could. But like, it went, and then when you put Jake Lloyd and Arnold Schwarzenegger together, it's a terrible combo. It's horrible. Arnold doesn't know how to talk to kids, even though he was in Kindergarten Cop. And well, he couldn't. Jake well, he couldn't. Awful. Couldn't talk to kids in that either. It's true. It's true. And and uh, like those those occurrences where. Jake and Arnold have to share scenes are some of the worst because they're just Can you so ma- forced. Who fucked Liz to make that kid? Yeah. He didn't. He, he didn't. Maybe that's why. He's got to grow into his maybe, muscle. <laughs> maybe that's why Phil Hartman's chasing him because one drunk night, Liz was drunk coming home from the yeah, party. Yeah, he wants to. He actually he, wants to. And he no, he already fucked her. No, no, and, and, and he and wants that, to help raise Jake because he's well. he's his father. You know, Jamie. In this you know. Film. So possibly because I mean you know <laughs> that's why I left because like when you have all these movies now like with Arnold and like you get his name like he's Howard 
What's his last name? Howard Langston. Yeah, Howard Langston. And, like, you know, in Kindergarten Cop, he's Detective John Kimball. You know. Just not uh, <laughs> not really uh, highlighting his Austrian roots there. He even mentions in Kindergarten Cop that he's from Austria. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah he. I remember, like, in the one scene when he's talking about, like, he, how he wanted to be a gym teacher or some shit. I don't know. But I remember he mentioned if he's, like, he's, like, from Austria or something. So it's like... Yeah, when you... It's like, oh, I was born in Vienna, John Kimball. Okay. <laughs> you know, so... Yeah. But it's the same thing here. It's like, oh, Howard, Langston, where are you from? St. Paul, Minnesota. Yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite... Why Why isn't he walking around, like, with, like, a Minnesotan, like, you know, <laughs> at, like, like, him go, basically going, like, there's a moose loose to boot the hoose. Well, that's because Arnold can't do a... Minnesotan accent. I'm sure he could if you like wanted try, to try. Yeah, tried. <laughs> I read. So, I read but... somewhere recently he actually kept a speech therapy coach. Oh yeah, to keep his accent because he's like, why would I want to sound like regular people? Oh, that's true. Part of my shtick is yeah, that's, how he that's, sounds. That's who he is. Because I mean, if you think about it, it makes sense. He's been living in America for 40 years now. Sure. Some people don't <laughs> always get rid of their accents, but they his is still really thick. Right. Yeah. Like, it's not, like, dulled down at all. I mean, his English has always been pretty good. Yeah. So, I mean, so it's more like, yes, that, that would make sense to me, you know, with the money and stuff that he's made. One one thing that I really like in Jingle All the Way that doesn't make any sense is after, you know... Why Martin Lawrence is in this instead of Sinbad? No, no, no. <laughs> no, but uh, why, like, no one recognizes that... Turbo Man is Arnold Schwarzenegger in this film. They're because st- they're stupid. Yeah, exactly. Like, literally, his wife, Liz, is standing right in front of him. Who's as- this big, hulking Austrian man? <laughs> going, Jamie! Jamie! <laughs> I understand. Was it scripted? How did he know? It's so funny because... Did you love the cop, too, when, like, Jamie is running away and... She's like running around, Jamie, and the cop's like, oh, don't worry, ma'am. It's great. It's part of the script. That's part of the show, don't you know? <laughs> Yeah, that one is the one person who has the Minnesotan accent in it. No one else does. Yeah, nice and thick. Yeah. yeah. Billy Bob Thornton used that for his inspiration for uh, Fargo. It's true. One thing that we don't, um, that, that I would say, like, actually makes this film work a little bit better is that at least it's entertaining. There's, like, so much shit going on in this film. It's, you know, you have... It's not well thought out, as, but you're... As you said, this Christmas Eve fucking lasts forever. This is, like... An entire day's worth of Christmas Eve that happens in, like, six hours. And it doesn't make sense. Because, again, like, he's at the first time he's at the store, the store doesn't open until 9 o'clock. Yeah. Which, again, sign of the 90s. Store opening up at (laughs) fucking... Christmas Eve at 9 o'clock. 9 o'clock. You know, fucking ridiculous. No way. And then, again, who the hell has a Christmas parade on Christmas Eve? Terrible idea. Now everybody's out, and we don't know. Like, what time could the Christmas parade... Could possibly happen because there's still daylight. Exactly. And at the time, this like the, around here, the sun sets at like two o'clock. Then, so the, it's the like, timeline's all fucked up. If Howard couldn't have gotten into the mall until nine o'clock, and then he goes to like a bunch of because we have that nice noir style, you know, like toys, toys, you know, like sign montage. And all they need is like you know, like a nice little Casablanca, like. Trump, was, Trump was, is playing. Uh, yeah. Out of all the Toy Stories, you know. He was like, I was looking for the Turbo Man doll, but I couldn't find one. Yeah. And then I saw her. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Across the room. But, you know, so it's like in five hours, he hit like 
every fucking toy store in St. Paul and Minneapolis. He went to the Mall of America and couldn't fucking and couldn't find the doll. <laughs> the Mall of America. If you can't find the doll in the Mall of America. Was this movie produced by the Mall of America? I don't know. <laughs> But that, yeah, you're right. Like the Mall of America is like the it's the fucking largest mall. First That's why it's called the Mall of America. First of all, he had, what are we supposed to assume that he first got got a parking spot? Because that could be like an entire day in itself at the Mall of America, just finding a parking spot. But then traipsed around the the biggest mall. Which, by the way, that does that does that does remind me of the Rocco episode where they go to the mall. Oh yeah, yeah, and they, yeah. and they can't find a fucking parking spot, and so they have to pick park on like the highest parking level, which is in outer space. And as they're walking down, you see the like thirty year old man walking around with a shirt that's like way above his belly button, holding a lollipop, and like the, <laughs> yeah. the old t- like school like double cap with the little thing. He's like, "Mommy, yeah, where's my mommy? I've been looking for my mommy for twenty years." Yeah. No, so that ties back to I mean, Steve Hillenburg. But, <laughs> but I mean, like, the whole thing. But yeah, no, you know, you're totally right. There's no way that he would have gotten that done. Just especially, going in to Christ- the mall. especially on Christmas Eve. Yeah. Just, just, a, just going to the mall in that time. Not going to happen. Well, it's the same thing with Phil Hartman in the fucking parade. Like, just driving down Main Street, finding that parking spot, you know? Yeah. You know, with no trouble yeah, at the, all. The just... film never really seems to understand, like, okay, so they live in the suburbs of a. Uh, Somewhat major city. I'm assuming I've never been to Mall of America. I'm assuming it's in a, in a, a city. I, I think it's probably in a, in a big city. It would make sense, right? You can't have a, the fucking largest mall. Is it in Minneapolis or St. Paul? I'm not sure. I'll look it up right now. It is in Bloomington, Minnesota. So probably right outside of yeah Minnesota it's, it's, Minneapolis. It's got to so. be pretty big, right? And so you have like this. The film never really seems to understand. Like this is a fucking Macy's Day Parade style. Like with floats, they got Sonic the Hedgehog. They got police and his, and officers and his, jumping on trampolines. I say in his prime too. They got Sonic the Hedgehog right after that lock-on technology for Sonic and Knuckles and Sonic Three to combine together into one majestic, yeah. beautiful game. They got, they got Crayola crayons. In they got parade. the Tick. Yeah, the Tick is there. Yeah. <laughs> The other big superhero of the time. Where's the other Fox uh, Saturday morning cartoon hero there? Louie. Yeah, Louis Anderson cartoon. See, that's digging deep, children. But I, but I don't. Yeah, like the film never really seems to understand. Like, is this a suburb? Is this a giant city? Well, no, he lives in the Every, suburbs. Yeah. But you see him driving into the city. That's why I said like the di- the length of time for, for him getting all this shit done. Yeah, is ridiculous. So so he goes from this his suburb. So wherever this whatever the suburb yeah, of however long m- it takes to drive of into... mi- of Minneapolis or St. Paul, whatever. And he's constantly crossing the bridge, so he's he's ba- yeah he's bouncing back and forth from both cities. So goes to the one store that opens up at fucking nine, then hits all the other stores in the area because again I've got that nice fucking noir style toy. All this thing was missing was like the old school like nineteen thirties like Indiana Jones style like globe trotting with like a map and oh stuff. yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, going around, and then spot. and then he goes gets to the Mall of America because he wasn't there first. Right, gets to the Mall of America, runs into James Belushi, not yep. Jim, James Belushi. James in this one, James Belushi, and you know, in his illegal operation, yeah, he drives there for twenty minutes. because yeah. we know it was at least tw- a twenty-minute drive to get to the warehouse. 
Because he says it. He said, yeah. we've been driving for 20 minutes. So, Which in city time, that's not that, like, you know. Right, yeah, that's not that In long. New York City, in 20 minutes, on, you'll get from one light to the, you know. Especially on New Year's, or uh, on Christmas. Christmas Eve, that's, like, nothing. I'm sure that everybody's out on Christmas Eve. And we've seen it, because literally. The parades the, come, yeah. The, yeah, these, this parade, everybody had forgotten to get a Turbo Man doll. <laughs> and so, yeah, so you get to the, the mall Santas. That gets busted by police. He, he eventually gets out of that. He, um, then what is he? What goes, is, to, goes to a diner. Go, to, yep. Goes to a diner, has a drink. Uh, then here's about the radio the, station, goes to the radio station, uh, gets held up by cops there for a while, leaves that place. And then goes back to the suburbs. Yep. And, well, and, and to, but first though, he breaks down on the, yeah. on the highway. Well, no, he doesn't. His, um, Sinbad, Myron, uh, when ghetto on his car. Oh, that's true. And, yeah, and drains his gas. And he, no, and he, like put it on like blocks and shit. Like he like oh, and he did like the whole nine yards and well when no, but he does he does run out of gas too. When when does yeah, that happen? That's before this. Oh, okay, so he ran so out he, of gas yeah. as well. So he had to like, he had to. Then he, oh, either. that's right. He had to he had to um push his car manually <laughs> from the bridge <laughs> to a diner. So how long could that possibly have taken? Yeah, no, the whole thing doesn't make sense. I mean, Arnold's sh- strong, but this yeah. is the longest day that has ever occurred on Earth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Earth's rotation yeah, ceased, it ceased, for ceased, yeah. ceased at eleven a.m. and just yeah, just, you know, yeah, there is no way. Made several calls to home. You know what did help though with this this the Earth stopping on its axis <laughs> is helping uh, Phil Hartman get in good with Liz. He got to make cookies. He got to deal with the boys. Tell him to pipe down in there like we got in the the opening of the episode. He got to make hot eggnog. Non-alcoholic. Yeah. I, see, which, which is funny because yeah. who would automatically assume? Maybe that's, you know, <laughs> back then everyone just drank. Like, oh, who can drink this thick, viscous egg yolk on their own? You know, without some booze in it, you know. Yeah, that's that's true. I never really think of eggnog being alcoholic. I guess maybe that's just because it's not really a thing that we've done in my family. But I I, I know it's a thing. Like like mix yeah, it, people like, do like, it. With like what is it like rum or... rum or whiskey? But I've never done it. Like I practically just always have it as its own straight eggnog and and light eggnog at that because regular eggnog is like too much like a milkshake. It's way too thick. I know, I know. I'm getting older because the more I, I used to not care for eggnog, but while working at Stewart's every yep, year, just I like, like it. Like, yep. I mean, I do. I really like light <laughs> eggnog. And actually, this year at Stewart's, they have eggnog flavored ice cream. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I like. Uh, I like the light eggnog. Uh, I like when it gets stuck in my mustache. <laughs> Reminds me of Christmas movies. Oh, it's a little eggnog in there. But uh, yeah, no. So the, the the day has been good to Howard or uh, to. Uh, uh, Phil Hartman's character, because he gets to hang out all day with Liz and do his little... Forcefully. Just That's be, true. He's just he's just over there. He's just like, kind of like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh. Yeah. yeah. He's practically... He's got it, like, in this neighborhood, he's got to be over there all the time. Is he like a stay-at-home dad? Is that what he does? Not in that house. Like, unless, not, uh, not in that uh, house. Unless but, it's his wife paying alimony. But I'm just wondering, ex-wife. you know, what what is... What he does, because he's had the opportunity to fucking... 
go to every women's house in there and fix their whatever, fix their he's, pipes, fix their. He, you know, instead of Tim Allen, it should have been Phil Hartman as Tim Two Man Taylor. Yeah, he's the he's the handyman around the house. Oh, the, he, he's the very neighborhood. Oh, very handy, <laughs> very handy, very handy. That's my favorite though, because Phil Hartman does uh, do that very well as like the suave sort of, also goofy neighborhood guy. He reminds me of if like. Ned Flanders was just a little like a bit per, a person. Oh. Yeah, yeah, and maybe a little bit less like Christian on the exaggerated side for like what Ned Flanders is. Basically, Ted is Ned, but just toned down a bit. I would say it amped up because he, Ned Flanders is you know nice and Christiany. Well, I would say sexed up for Ted. Yeah, for Ned, like because Ned is sort of like a caricature of like your your. Uh, neighborhood, your too friendly neighborhood guy who's also who happens to be super Christian, and uh, Ted doesn't have sort of like the nerdier aspects that like Flanders has, but he also he's nerdy. I mean, he is. I mean, he's nerdy, but I think for the '90s that comes across as like normal, like just dad chic, like yeah, yeah, dad, yeah. It's it's like sort of like what we have now is like you know the dad bod stuff that's in things like that. Like those women were fawning. Yeah. Thanks, Ted, for coming over to fix my life. Yeah, like, like, like I, I am wondering if those women were married. They were, and they were like, you know, at the lonely. And yeah, yeah, they're married. It's, but so they're, it's, a, it's a South Park episode where they're like, you know, had saw. <coughs> I don't want to go down that road. That's what where, I said. Where, like, where, where Fred, Fred Gwynn's basically going like, back in my day, we used to have a milkman. And the man had the, sometimes the milkman will go and fuck your wife. <laughs> and the man has his heart. Did he want the milkman to come around and fuck his wife? And have easy access to the milk? Well, be a man. Stand up for it. Take him out. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Don't like, want to go down that route. This, <laughs> this community, this rich person community, seems like it's pretty kinky. Seems like a good place There's to be. There's a lot. I, th- I think, I think the, the wealthier you get, the more kind of. Like open to that lifestyle? Because the people are just bored. Like, yeah. you know, <laughs> I've got everything. What you know, you know? What else can I do? I think that must be. T- I'm thinking Ted is like independently wealthy, and he's just like staying at home and taking care of yeah, his son, and and, and then hit, like making his rounds around the cul-de-sac, just hit hit every I place. Fix, you know, I'll fix your light, and then he fixes his light, and then puts it in their pooper. Because honestly, Ted's house <laughs> is magical. Right, I mean it's it's super decorated. He got his in- interior decorations not good though. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> you never know about you know some people just aren't very good at interior decorating. But he looks like a man that would have the flair for but it. The, but the Christmas decorations look good, and he even got the his his own fucking independent wrapping paper for the Turbo Man. It's Turbo Man wrapping paper that houses the Turbo Man. Got got a fucking reindeer. Yeah, yeah he got a reindeer <laughs> somehow. And then he did he did Howard's lights too. So this now how would you how would you feel if you came home one day, like say you had to go to work but sure. Sarah had to stay at home. Okay, and you got home and you saw that I was here. Okay, and you're like, what the hell are you doing here? I'm like, hi, I was putting the Christmas lights up on your house. I see you haven't done it yet. Just you know, Merry Christmas and all. Okay, so if you were doing if you were putting up Christmas lights. I'd be like, hell yeah, thanks a lot, because I fucking hate doing that. So yeah, yeah, thanks a lot for doing that. No, that wouldn't that wouldn't but emasculate no, but me but in again, any way. But no, no, but it, but again, knowing me, 
I fucking hate Christmas. Well, true. So I still and I, I, like, I, I, and, I and I hate holidays. So wouldn't you be like, wait a second? Probably not. No, I I just, <laughs> just, just been like, thanks. This is a real help. <laughs> we, you know, yeah, wouldn't it have been great if it just the movie feel hard? It's like, by the way, I'm trying to stop your wife. You know. I gave her the old ho 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 mistletoe. And yeah. I wonder if Howard would even really care that much. No, he was. I guess. No, the whole cookies thing was like, put the cookie down. Those are my cookies. Those are that's that's a metaphor. I think Howard is more about conquest though. Conquest <laughs> to get the is that doll. A, is that a Conan reference? No, I mean it's just in general. I like the whole movie is not really like he. Even the tr- the tow truck driver recognizes like this guy has no emotions when he's <laughs> as you this- said as you said I think he's a psychopath yeah, yeah. like the tow truck driver recognizes when he's giving like trying rehearsing uh-huh. his speech to, that he's gonna give to his wife about why he didn't get the doll and why he really fucked up like literally everything the car broke down all of that shit. He has no emotion, and tow truck driver's like, give more emotion. You need more emotion. And, like, he really doesn't care. What he cares about is winning, because he didn't get the doll, so he cares about winning over Myron. He cares about, like, just winning back his wife, because it's winning, and that, and then and all the selfish reasons, like, those are my cookies, I need to put the star on the tree. He doesn't his... actually care about the emotions that go along with them. Of course, them. and that's his pussy. That's He's a man. Exactly. He's a like, man. That's it. That's That's all he cares about. It's really not so much about, like, you know the the whole love aspect. Of I mean, that. to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm a really competitive person too. So I mean, like that'd be a very driving force for me too. Like, no, I know. Like, like oh, don't you want to try to like? No, I want to fucking win. No, I you understand. Know? I understand where he's coming from, but it like the film you should. I was saying you should too. You get pissed off, bull, bowling and punch the goddamn. But the film doesn't really make it seem like he like cares about anything else besides those aspects of his life, like being selfish. Winning and that's it. So who cares? Liz doesn't either. True. At the end, when she's like, he's like, I did it for you, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> she, well, she, when she dipshittingly realizes that Turbo Man is Howard, she's like, Oh, Howard! Like, and apparently you said there's a few frames where she's grabbing his ass. Yeah, when the cop comes up and is like, "Good job, son." You know, and, like, you see the Jake Lloyd standing there. You can see in the background, like, Turbo Man's ass and, like, her hands, like, slowly going, like, what? Oh, I, I didn't even catch that, but that's funny. That's... Yeah. And then, you know, at the end, too, it's not really about, like, uh, oh, Howard, you really came through today. He ruined you know, he ruined that great night of, like, you know, tantric sex pussy pounding by, you know, when she's like, oh, all that you did for me. Like, she's ready to go for the whole night. Like, Chris, you know, Chris, you know. Jake's gonna be up, you know, Jamie's gonna be up looking for his presents, and he, they're gonna still be fucking, they don't care. <laughs> Open the presents, you know? Yeah. No, he ruined that night, because she's like, you did all that. She's like, right, like, already ready to take her, like, you know, everything off, like, in front of the child, and she's like, what should you get for me? And then we had the comedic, uh-oh! The evil dead zoom in you on know. Arnold's face, yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about that is, like, Arnold could... Really... Which Arnold easily should have just said my dick. Yeah, exactly. Merry, like, like, Merry Christmas... <laughs> He's got a bow on it, and that's it. You know, dick in the bunk. You know, instead of Phil Hartman. Yeah, that's the thing, too, is that Howard is really bad at lying in general. Like, when Howard's breaking into (laughs) Phil Hartman's house to steal... The dumbass, as he's getting chased by (laughs) a fucking reindeer and putting out fire, he's still holding the goddamn... He's terrible at this. (laughs) And, like, there's a whole number of things he could have said about... 
why he was in the house and why he was, you know, the, had the Turbo Man doll. You know what he should have said? I saw a fire. I went in. I was afraid the Turbo Man doll was going to get burnt up because of the fire. So I took it and I was going to put it in a different spot. And I was trying to stamp out the fire. And that's Not, how you found me. And it makes sense because Phil Hartman, the dumbass, left that fire unattended. There's no gate. Nothing. Easily could have been an ember that just shot out of the fire. And, and as we've seen, uh, Phil yeah. Hartman left that fire unattended for hours. He's because he's been over, yeah. bake, you know, making cookies. And he left it for hours, cursing us. Because shit. we know that this Christmas Eve day lasted 24 hours <laughs> at least, so he's left it for a long time. Uh, yeah, I, I think that he could have come up with a much better excuse than you know just not saying anything at all. I, I would have lied my way out of that one for sure, for sure. There is no way I would have just been like, "Yep, I was stealing it," <laughs> and been like. Or even just come up with, like, the reindeer chased me into the fucking house. You saw you didn't like me earlier. Yeah, you know. the reindeer chased me into the fucking house, and that's why. And then I picked up the dog because I didn't want it to get crushed. I don't I... know why. That that, make, that does make me laugh when Arnold's like, good dog. <laughs> yeah, it's just so stupid. Because yeah. this just sounds like something that he would, that he would say, you know. Like, yep. like you know. Uh, we did talk about, too, that Arnold... Sucker punching the reindeer definitely would not be something that you would have in a movie like today. Even though it's all in like good fun and obviously makes it look like, oh, well, the reindeer's not that hurt. You know, it's fine. It's just not something that would really fly. He looks like the same miserable bastard reindeer from the Santa Claus Blitzen. Yeah, that's be- true. Yeah, know, it be- probably is. Two years, it probably is the same reindeer. You know. He's used to it. Because it's the same it's the same gimmick with like in the Santa Claus, how when Tim Allen becomes Santa, he's like, Yeah, fuck you, you know, you're not Santa. Yeah. You know. Yeah, it is, yeah. Yeah. Uh one thing we did, we didn't talk about Sinbad yet. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Sinbad he, is... you know you know what? He's he's actually good. Yeah. Um now for those of you who are too young or Drank too much in your lifetime to remember. Sinbad at one point in the mid-90s, pretty bu- big stand-up. I mean, it was literally like a, it was, yeah. a, a, like a supernova there and gone. Like for 95 to 96. It was kind of a big deal. Cause I, rem- I, there was, I remember another movie he was in, and I can't remember what the fuck it was called. I don't think it was Richie Rich, was it? But like there was like he was in it, and he starred in it, and it was like a big thing. Uh, I think he's like a like oh he's like the uh kid president's like uh bodyguard or some shit like that first kid yes that's what it is yeah and that one was that ninety six so same time yeah so there was a period where he was really you know kind of big which totally blows my mind because when you think about it, it's like why wasn't Martin Lawrence doing this right there's a lot of other Martin Murphy well I mean especially at the time though like Martin Lawrence. It was huge stand-up comedy had his own TV show, you know Martin. That was hugely popular. I don't really remember Sinbad like his. I don't remember his stand-up ever or anything like that. Never, you know, seen any of his. Spe- I've seen like Martin Lawrence and obviously Eddie Murphy's, you know, stuff. Um, so I mean, it's kind of weird just thinking about it in, like retrospect. Yeah, and Sinbad was like even in '96 when this movie came out, it was probably on his way out. For like, he really didn't do much else. He uh, basically after this, he did Good Burger, and then yeah, it was a small role. Yeah, though. and he was, it was a small. He, role. he was the owner. Of Good and, and then Burger. after that, really nothing else. Like I mean, he had really which, bit parts. Which by the way, Good Burger also had in it. I don't know why. 
Abe Vigoda. Yeah. But, but I mean, like, Sinbad, this is like it. Jingle All the Way is like one of his biggest film roles. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think he does a really good job here, though. I mean, I, for being comedic relief for, for this film and really surprisingly not being in it that much as like sort of the villain of this film, um, I think he does a pretty good job. I wouldn't even, no, he's not a villain. I mean, he technically is. He becomes... I mean, he's a rival, but is he yeah. a villain? No. He's... Well, he becomes the villain, literally, in uh, the I know, parade, but, but... I know, but even still, is he? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know if that I would say villain, but but he is the antagonist, the the person that's sort of, like, up against Howard to try to get this, this uh, Turbo Man. Down. And I asked you, if I don't think his lines were written. I think they were literally just, like, improv Sinbad. Could be. Go. Could be. Because, again, like... I can't see someone right now in the film like have him yell Rodney King. Yeah, that is a weird, you know, inclusion. Yeah. I probably, you know, he probably did just shout that out. Or this, you know, the same things like the whole, the whole like mail bomb thing that had like makes me think of like the whole like that like this had to be like right after the Oklahoma City bomb could be too. You know, with uh, Timothy McVeigh. You know, so like oh, we'll throw that joke in there too. You know, and um, the fucking whole rant he goes on when we first meet him about. You know, not being good enough and his wife and just to make enough to make that goddamn alimony check. Like, that to me seems like that's just a rant of his. Like, nobody wrote that. He just, sit back, go. Because, like, that's, like, totally, like, what kid's going to understand that? Like, when he's, like, talking about, like, and you're just trying to get a goddamn doll and pay off your, make enough money to pay that bitch's alimony check. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's true. It could be. You could have improv most of it. I don't know. I think he does a good job, though. You're right with that sicko. The sicko. Uh, that's hilarious. That's his, That's literally his best line in the whole movie, where he fakes having the bomb in the radio station, and then he does it again because he thinks that uh, you know, again, it's not a bomb. And then you have the cop who's played by. Uh, yeah, who is the cop played by? Um, I don't even know. Doesn't. Uh, Oh, Robert Conrad, Officer Hummel. Yeah. So when Robert Conrad's like, "Don't worry, this is a I've been on the bomb squad for ten years. Uh, <laughs> this is just, just been all a ruse, a prank." And then the bomb goes off, and say, as you said, like, "Well, the eighteen men dead." Yeah. No, and slap slapstick comedy. So it only hurt him. No one else is fine. You know. Um, after the bomb goes off, you see Arnold look like, what? And then it goes to Sinbad, and he's like, there really was a bomb? This is a sick world we live in. Sick world. That, that, that always gets me. That's hilarious, you know. Yeah. I The funny thing about this film is that it, it seems to uh, just c- kind of pardon everything that they've done in this movie. That's like, like... Well, no, 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 Sinbad's going to jail. (laughs) He got this, he got that spending Christmas with his kid. He gets the Turbo Man doll. He's like, so I'm going to make my son's, you know, Christmas. Thank you. Yeah, by the way, you're going to jail. For for real. I mean, Sinbad, I mean, Howard did some pretty shitty things in this film. But he's white, so he gets all free. (laughs) True. I mean, he probably did commit some crimes as well. He did. Sinbad has, has, you know, basically, if, if this was a real movie, murder. Because he did, like, announce that it was a bomb, so they were going to hold him accountable regardless. Murder, kidnapping. Of of multiple people. Again, it wouldn't just kill, you know, went off. That whole officer squad, dead. Everyone on that floor, dead, you know? Yeah, 
the building collapsed, <laughs> pro- possibly. Yeah. Uh, kidnapping, assault. He's going to jail. He For sure. He's not going to be spending any time on Christmas. But he got that day. goddamn turbo man. He got it. He got it. But he's, he's going to jail. Did, did you like that nice Barnaby Jones reference there? Again, Weird. Super, yeah. di- again, like, even at that time, that's like, wow, dated. Yeah. What's he going to do? Like, if he, like when we see Jingle all the way to Sinbad's day in court, and he's like, calls the uh, the prosecutor Matlock. <laughs> you know, like, like what? <coughs> you know, that's. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird reference for sure. In, the, in this film. It's not weird, because it's, again, it's like. Yeah. Like, oh, look at, you know, we're being so clever. And... Fuck, it's just, I don't know. <laughs> I he, I do think he, I mean, he, he, he chews the screen, the screen time when he's on there, but I, I do, I do like him. I actually yeah. think he's not that bad here. Him and Phil Hartman are literally the two best parts. They're the best parts. Because I, sure. I mean, I love Phil Hartman. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, they're, they're definitely the best parts of this film. They pr- they pr- probably saved the film because because Arnold is characteristically Arnold Wooden, yeah. which does bring those you know his great lines and you know like put the cookie down now you know so it, for him it works. That's, There's a lot of weird lines that Arnold is forced to deliver that just don't really like when he has him going to, like <laughs> yeah, but when he goes into like the Santa Claus workshop and he's and, uh, Jim Belushi says like I know what you're thinking and he's like you have no idea. And it's just like weird. Like, why? Why would he ever say that? What do you mean you have no idea? It's you're literally thinking why is, this is fucking scam. Why is there a toy cartel running like run by all Santas? Well, I mean, because I mean, but like, what the? I don't get it. So they, what? Do they, what do they do? Like import shitty versions of yeah, they just toys? get Spanish versions of it and <laughs> broken ones that are from like the reject line on the the assembly and line, and then sell them, and then sell them off. Yeah. How is that illegal? I mean, I guess it is illegal in a way because you're marketing that they're. But even that's no. I but don't know. I don't know. Well, I mean, are did they steal the stuff? Maybe. I guess that's what we're supposed to. I don't know what it's supposed to. Maybe they're. Maybe they're uh, uh, mewling drugs in there too. Maybe like every single Turbo <laughs> Man doll has like drugs in it. <laughs> Cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> Like when that arm we, fell off, yeah, you know, we do see like the head fall off. So maybe they stick the <laughs> cocaine in the body of the, the the body cavity of the turtle Work, man. Yeah, working for narcos, you know. Yeah, we don't we don't really know why exactly they're getting busted. Besides it being a scam, but that part's hilarious too. And they're like, "Who are you?" Like when they're busting everybody, and they're asking Arnold, "Who are you?" And there's like a toy badge right there, and he goes like, "I'm detective Howard Langston. I've been working on this case for three years, and you ruined it." You know. Yeah. This is the sloppiest job ever, and it boss arrest someone. Like, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think that the writers were trying to, like, cater towards Arnold in a way. Like, there's a lot of scenes where they just are like, you know what? Let's, let's get this, the scene in here where Arnold has to do some action thing to, like, reference what Arnold used to do. You know, instead of just, like, regular comedy films and Christmas movies, let's get, like, a nunchucks scene in here. Again, I think that's totally to ape from Raiders. Probably. Because as I told you, it's literally like the, you got the guy going like, whoa, 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 And then Arnold just grabs the fucking candy cane like, fuck you, and hits him. It's literally the st- same thing from Raiders when the guy's doing the sword flips and shit, and uh, Harrison Ford's like, fuck this, and just shoots the guy. It's the yeah, same it's just, thing. It's just weird that, like, they continually add different scenes that would be, like, straight out of 
what Ar- like a serious Arnold movie in the 80, late 80s. Well, they weren't serious. Well, no. Are but, you telling me Predator's a serious? No, it's not. I mean, sort of, in a way. It, no! It was, it's sort of serious. I mean, somewhat meant oh, to be serious. Okay, because when Jesse Ventura, like, you're bleeding. Got no time to bleed. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's still, though, that that's just the 80s, late 80s action movie way of being super cheesy. And, and, and some, I, well, in okay, some okay, ways, okay, meant pre- to be serious. Uh, okay, so pre- Predator doesn't really work, because that's, you know, kind of a... yeah. It works on so no like Commando you'd be you know right or, yeah yeah for sure but no but I mean I I I don't think it's done like for the sake of like action because I mean it's just or, like callbacks I th- I think again I think it's just more done for slapstick that's why the, that what what's the whole point of bringing Paul White the giant at the time of WCW who later becomes is now known as the Big Show in WWF what other reason is him to be there it than to have Arnold get his ass kicked by him real quick and also to promote WCW, you know. True. Which was, Promotion you know, there. Yeah. Big, you know, big time. So, I mean, uh, and then to have, like, again, slapstick humor. Because a lot of this humor is based in slapstick. Yeah. That whole fucking parade is where, like, this movie goes off the rails yeah. in the slapstick department when you, it becomes a Wile E. Coyote Roadrunner cartoon. Yeah, when, like, uh, when the nitrous- Howard drives in, uh, flies right into the wall. And then the f- flag, and he's like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for the most part, otherwise, the film is, you know, somewhat grounded. And then it just goes off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, I don't know, uh, that's pretty much all I've got. How about you? You got anything else to talk about? I think we pretty much covered most of it. I, I just want to go a little bit more in depth on Jake Lloyd. Okay. All right. Fucking terrible. <laughs> If he was my son, I would ship him off to, like, Somalia. Wow. Have the pirate, you know, Somalian pirate. Like, here you go. You got yourself a nice, you know. Me and Liz are going to work on something new. Something beautiful. Oh, you're saying in in movie version, Howard and Liz would ship Jamie off to Somalia. Well, I don't know. It could be so much worse, Jamie. I know. (laughs) I mean, I don't know Jake Lloyd as a human being, so I can't (laughs) rate him on that. But, I mean... He's, I mean, Graham, as I've said a billion times, most child actors are fucking terrible. And also in movies, children in general can be very annoying. Liar Liar's kid is pretty annoying, too. No, you're absolutely right. Macaulay Culkin is pretty annoying. I mean, he's good in Home Alone, but like in the good... Actually, I lied. The good son, he's really good in that, too. (laughs) Uh, And Home Alone, he's supposed to be annoying, so there's a little bit of a leeway there. But he's, he's not, I mean... This is, I I, rela- I can relate more to him because I, I you mean, look like him when you were a kid a little bit I do because yeah. I was blonde and yeah at the time the only thing I wouldn't relate to is the extra cheese pizza fuck you it's a waste of a pizza get some toppings on there I would say like a lot of like the kids from this era were really annoying so yeah like we said you had liar liar you had um and this would be a little bit uh, later on but you had like Mr Deeds. Was there a kid, in Mr. Dean? No, you're talking. Oh, you're- no, no, uh, not Mr. Big Dean's, Daddy. Uh, Big Daddy. Um, the Sprouses would get their own Disney Channel show. You take that back. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like in general, at this time period, that, a- I mean, that is bad. I always, I always think in my head to the end of the uh, end of the movie, where like, is that the man with the old bull sack? Like <laughs> <laughs> that child, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I think that that was just a thing. But again, though, Jake Lloyd is just pretty bad in this film. When he has to deliver that whole line 
on the phone when Howard's talking you're on the never, phone. Yeah. You're never here. You're never around. It's just more screams like, this kid's sort of entitled, right? <laughs> uh, you know what? If I was hard, like, haven't gone to work for a month. Hey, where's the food? <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want me around, son? You got me. You Wait, I have no job. In fact, I can't collect unemployment because I quit my job so the state won't give me money. So you're fucked. You want your cool Turbo Man yeah, cereal? Well, too bad. You put too much milk in it anyway. We're getting the bag cereal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the big old pound <laughs> yeah. bag cereal. The mark the mark of poverty in the 90s. You don't got box cereal. You got the bag cereal. Yeah. I know. <laughs> yeah, we got so we we, we uh, mis- mistook it for uh, dog got, food at first. Say, <laughs> you don't got checks. You got crispy hexagons. Yeah. That's what you got. Yeah. You don't know if they're corn, rice, or rot. You just, you just got them. But on a serious note, he put way too much milk in his cereal in this film. I didn't even notice. It's it's swimming. There's like five pieces of cereal swimming in milk. I always hated in seeing in movies people who put the like milk first and then the cereal. It's just that's a broken system. You know why it's a broken system? Like who because does? how do you know how much milk you're gonna need? For one thing. But I can see it with cornflakes because those can be a bitch pouring milk on because they always fling milk everywhere. Well, there's certain cereal. I mean, I don't eat cereal to begin with anymore, but there's like certain cereal that I would never eat. Like cornflakes, frostflakes, they just get soggy and soggy and they're ruined. And like, it's just, it just all becomes a lake of milk. Fruity pebbles and cocoa pebbles and all that won't drink. It just sticks to the fucking side. I don't and know. you're sitting like a, like a fucking animal looking the side of the bowl and be like, what are you doing? Like, oh, I got cocoa pebbles, so you're sticking to the side of the bowl. So you sit there and go, yeah, I don't, I don't know what this Turbo Man cereal is supposed to be. It sort of looks like Lucky Charms, but there's just way too much milk in that bowl to, to you know, make up for the lack of cereal in it. Just That's... way too much. Not, didn't, didn't like that part. So because he put too much milk in his cereal, uh, I don't like... Jamie at all <laughs> as a as a character in this film. I will also say too, Rita Wilson playing his, uh, Liz, his wife, Howard wife, terribly wooden. She's like a fucking stump. She's stumped from Angry Beavers. Yeah, Just, she doesn't have much reaction at all. The biggest reaction is I think it, is when she's oh, in the hell car, yeah. or that, and when she's in the car with uh, Phil Hartman and. The, ne- the near rape, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the joking, <laughs> funny near rape that just, occurs there. You know, just like I know, I I've noticed. You know, I noticed you like me, Liz. What? Yeah, ever since I remember the Memorial Day barbecue, and you asked me how, what to put on that high tuna. <laughs> Italian dressing, salad dressings. <laughs> Who puts Italian dressing? Because especially because ahi tuna is not like cheap. It's not like fucking bumblebee tuna. It's actually like you know, it's a piece of tuna. It's actually yeah. you know like yeah, it's like tuna steak. So yeah. like, and you're putting fucking Italian dressing. Oh my, he's ma- yeah marinated in Italian dressing. That, I can't speak. That's that, white but. suburb and crap right there. But I mean, yeah. But she's just like. Which, again, I think this movie could have dealt with an extra 30 minutes. Because Phil Hartman is the great, lovable guy. But as you said, he's he's that guy that's like, I'm just nice to fuck the ladies. I, you know you know what, though? But, I- but <laughs> and we, and we see glimpses of his shady side with him, you know, going full-blown rapey on Liz. And then the whole, like, pipe down! You know, to the kids when he actually burns his hand and he's angry and he doesn't know how to... 
you know, express that he burned his hands or just yells at the fucking kids who are, you know, fighting in the background. Which, I, is, which is a normal parent reaction. I, but, I mean, like, so, like, why did his wife get divorced from him? Is that the real, you know, that, is that the real Phil the Hartman? That's the real Phil Hartman right there. You know, the yeah. bastard. Because, I mean, we do, because um, his son does say, like, my dad was never like this until he got divorced. Now he's super awesome. Yeah. Like, you know, doing all this shit, like, walking around with a fucking hot silver platter of hot cocoa with fancy marshmallow and cream in the, you know... He's got Jenny's hot cocoa from Santa Claus, just walking around, you know, giving it to everyone in the carolers. A hundred year recipe. No, so I want I want to know the backstory of like I definitely of of his darker side of like his like little like porn S and M dungeon he's got most likely yeah yeah you know like I want to be whipped and you know beaten I I I definitely can't justify adding a thirty minutes to. What it was is now <laughs> jingle all the way for a two hour film. I could see them cutting out maybe some of the uh like him traveling to different stores or um maybe even like the ma- the Santa cl- workshop. Probably could have cut that. It's really not that big of a But we would I love hearing the Spanish turbo man. <laughs> that's that, that's hilarious. I do like that that's person. You know, it's fun. I mean, I, 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 I mean, I really would like if they cut the whole Jim Belushi part out because he's not. He's fucking annoying as hell. Like, there. get rid of the song. The whole, the whole thing's annoying. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think mean, that I one don't. Really, been cut. I mean, I really don't like Jim Belushi that much to begin with. I like according to Jim. I, I I'm fond of that film, that uh, TV series. I mean, he just never really done anything for mm. me. I mean, but I think they could have cut that whole workshop scene, and it really wouldn't have made a difference. Probably would have cut it down no, a little bit more. No, it wouldn't have to be uh, to be more manageable. Actually, you know, because that again, we talked about like it grounded in realism, except for really that scene. It just goes that and yeah. the, the and, parade. Then, and then the end of it with the parade. But yeah, I think they could have cut that. But all right, let's uh, let's give Jingle All the Way a rating out of um, out of ten boosters. <laughs> I was just about to say. Yeah. <laughs> We're not oh, by the, the way, by, by the way, as I mentioned, why not? Because for the guy they have playing Booster is yeah. doing his Jeff L. Diced, doing his damnedest to do like the Z. No, 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 no. It's not not Jeff L. Diced. Sorry, that's TV Booster. So there's got to be a different Booster. Well, I'll just hit Control. I'll uh, find it. Chain smoking. Curtis Armstrong is the <laughs> Booster that's playing. I love that it says chain smoke. Chain smoking booster. Yeah. So they got Z-list Gilbert Gottfried. Why not get Gilbert Gottfried for the role? Yeah, I don't know. Because literally his voice like, hey! What are you doing? This is how we rehearsed it. <laughs> it is weird. You know, um and you know, they weren't really hurting because they got like Martin Mole and stuff in there for like r- random cameo parts. They weren't hurting for that sort of thing. Wow. They probably could have gotten... Digging, digging that name up from the Roseanne, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no, at this point, it would have been probably nearly Sabrina. Don't you love his ponytail? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> the real Martin Mull at that time was probably still balding, I think, right? Was probably, He's probably bald. Probably bald, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, yeah, so, I mean, yeah. No, you're right. That's that, again, But, again, that's, you know, that's, again, digging out, like, like oh, they got Martin Mull, but now it's like, who? Yeah. yeah. So, but no. Like seriously, they got Curtis Storm. Why not get bringing Gilbert Gottfried? True. Why not just get Gilbert if, Gottfried? if that if that's who you were having? You know, he'd be perfect. Squinty eyed and that fucking suit chainsaw. Who's 
Who's getting that goddamn Turbo Man? Ah! <laughs> you know, it would have been a good addition, I think. I mean, I love Gilbert Gottfried, so. But, I mean, it's just, it just blew my mind. Like, it's like, why, like, keep. Get the other, yeah. Yeah. Get the other guy instead. You blow uh, all your money on, you know, Phil Hartman? I mean. <laughs> <laughs> but out of ten booster dolls, what would you give Jingle All The Way? I'll give it a six out of ten booster dolls. Um, this film's better with watch when you watch with people. Yeah, because then you can kind of like have like little jokey. <laughs> yeah, um, it's definitely not as funny watching on your own. Um, to me, this is a movie that is like something that like like you is a staple of like if I watch a Christmas film during the season, it is something that I constantly watch because it's. I got this like as soon as it came out on VHS. Like in, so, the Christmas in '97 got it for Christmas. So it's a movie I've like watched over and over. As wooden and campy as Arnold always is, I do like Arnold. He's just got such a goddamn charismatic <laughs> charm, you know. And it's 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 unescapable. Like it's you, if you think about it logically, it's like I should not, you know, I shouldn't enjoy this. But right. it's like I enjoy, it, you know, Sinbad's pretty good in here, you know. From the other things that I remember him from, like you know. First kid and stuff. I I do remember not thinking like like bad of him. I did think he was kind of funny, but like, I, like I said, it's just funny to me thinking about because I do remember how big he was during the mid nineties as a kid. But it's like I don't understand. Remember thinking like understanding why he was because it's not again. It's not like he was Chris Rock at the time or Eddie Murphy or <clears throat> Martin Lawrence. So it's like how that you know how the hell did he you know get you know that spot? Phil Hartman, I have always had a soft spot for because especially because. His SNL run is very underrated because he was on that SNL during a time when it was in the dregs and he was getting off of it just as it started picking up steam with like Chris Farley and Adam Sandler, Chris Rock and all of them. Um, and he's all, and he's always just such a like, great character actor. And I love his voice and his presence and just how he ca- kind of carries himself about. So, so suave at the same time and, char- and charismatic, but so smarmy at the same time. You know, it's a, uh, Kind of like what Chevy Chase wishes he could fucking do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I I think the slapstick humor, though, inappropriate time, it works. It's you know it doesn't make me chuckle. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy that plays the cop, I think he's funny. Um, outside of you know and uh, Rita Wilson, she's fucking it literally looks like everyone at this time. Low rent Jennifer Aniston. Um, and outside of Jamie Lloyd just being a piece of shit, <laughs> I mean, it's not bad. You're, and you're right. The whole message and stuff is like terrible. Like <laughs> get the fucking kid, to, you know, the commercialized doll and you'll be, you know, it's all fucking stupid, contrived and terrible and nowhere near as like deep and meaningful. Cause we get the same speech in here with, uh, Sinbad about how he hated his father and stopped believing in Christmas cause he didn't get that goddamn toy gun that he wanted. And it's like, Judge Reinhold did that better two years ago with his goddamn penny whistle. Mm. You know, you're, you're aping him. You're ripping him off. But for what it is, I, in the nostal- it's mainly the nostalgia factor for this film, I guess. Yeah. Right, so, six out of ten boosters. I would yeah, probably give it a seven out of ten. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, it definitely is a, be- a film that you need to watch with people. It's a lot better that way. Um, <clears throat> you can actually joke about it. Because there's a lot of things that you can make fun of in this film. 
Um, like I said, the theme is really all over the place in here, and I don't think that it really works in terms of like a feel-good Christmas movie. Uh, it really just comes down to like make sure you get that gift because everybody in your family is going to be pissed at you if you don't get it. I don't think that's really the message that they wanted to send with Jingle All the Way. Uh, but other than that, I think it's, you know, there's fun moments. Sinbad's pretty good in this. Um, I think that Phil Hartman is really the the highlight of this. But I think Arnold does a pretty good job, even though he does have that wooden characteristic that you know, he's he's really come to be known for, especially, you know, in, in his 80s action role films. And this is really not that different. I don't know that he's putting in a lot of effort here, um, but it seems like he's at least having some sort of fun. So uh, I think you can really enjoy Jingle All the Way for that. And it's a fairly good Christmas movie because there's quite a bit of actual Christmas aspects to it. A lot of Christmas holiday songs and and stuff like that. So I think it's a pretty good film. Nostalgia Factor is a big, big part of that. I I forgot to say that to hear the Heartbreakers Christmas all over again. (laughs) That's true. You do get to hear that. So that to me is the winning winning factor. Howard used both a payphone and a phone book, so that's that's also a highlight of things gone by. Yeah, and you do get to see Phil Hartman use a corded phone. Yep, that's why he can't talk too long. He's got gotta get to the oven. Can't you know reach over? Yep, yep. So lost relics. Good, uh, good highlights from the nineties. That's for sure. Uh, no, no good sweaters like. Judge Reinholds, though. Oh, God, no. No. It's definitely missing that. They Whatever they aped from the Santa Claus, they missed that. So. All right. So next week uh, for our Festivus series, we're doing uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4, right? Sure. I think that's what you said you wanted to do. Makes sense. We'll break up some of the more uh, general Christmas movies with the horror Christmas movies. Um Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4 is one that I've never seen. I hadn't made it past Part 2, actually. So last year's Part 3 that we did, which was atrocious, and uh, Part 4 and 5 are ones that I've never actually watched. So All I know is there'll be thunder in land. <laughs> I actually think that Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 4 gets back to the Christmas aspect that was really missing in Silent Night, Deadly Night 3. I can't even tell you, remember a goddamn thing from the third I one. can't really either. There's something about a psychologist and woman that's going crazy. I really don't remember much I, of I, I remember like, I mean leprechaun It is awful. I, I, no, remember I remember it being terrible. No, I know that too, but you know what I was thinking about when we were talking about like uh, Christmas drinking games to do this year because I'm not doing it with the cranks. Yep. And I put on their Silent Night, Deadly Night Part two, uh, 1. We should just do Part 2. It's the best of both worlds. You That's get, true. Cause it's I don't think you get the um, no, warm side of the door. No, though, you don't. But, it's not in there. No, but I would just That's have tough. that. I would buy a 45 of it. I'll find it somewhere <laughs> in a 45. And I'll just play that on a loop on, on a record player the entire yeah. time. And Well, Silent Night, Dead of the Night Part 2 is actually coming out very soon from Scream Factory on Blu-ray. So Garbage day! Garbage day! It actually is getting a uh, Ricky... St- a uh, little figurine as well. So, all right. So we will uh, be back next week with uh, another episode in the Festivus series. So we hope you join us for that. We're on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, pretty much anything else that you can get a podcast on. We're on it. Please uh, subscribe to us and leave us a nice review. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. We have a Twitter at blood and black rum. 
We um we have a an email address, blood and black rum podcast at gmail.com. And we also have a patron page if you want to donate to us and help us uh with the cost of our podcasting and hosting. You can uh, find us at uh, blood and black rum podcast.podbean.com and there's a little patron area where you can donate to us. Just a dollar uh a month gets you an episode uh all of our episodes early. So keep that in mind and consideration and we appreciate anything you can donate to us we'll see you back next week for silent night deadly night part four and we hope you have a great holiday season take care